been too long since we've had Steve Terry on the show. I was uh, at a golf tournament last week, and a bunch of people tell me how much they love hearing Steve's voice on the show. A good week to have him on. The NBA. This is kind of our NBA draft preview, uh, catching up with the Wolves, but generally we want to hear what Steve has to say about the developments uh, with the Timberwolves. This is the John Krasinski Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law. That's Steve's company, 612-TSR-TIME, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. So, Steve, just let's go really big picture to start here. Uh, Every time I run into anybody in local media or especially Timberwolves fans, people are very upset. They're very angry. They hate the Gobert trade more than ever. Where do you stand on the state of the Timberwolves at this moment? First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, All those people you're talking to at the golf course that said they like me on the show, clearly it had a lot of alcohol, so I appreciate that. But uh, What's wrong with alcohol? (laughs) Nothing's wrong with alcohol. It's great for business, unfortunately. But um, So here's the deal. Um, I am on record. uh, I was not a huge fan of the Gobert trade. Um, I I don't really like him as a player. I don't necessarily like him as a person from what I knew. I mean, whatever. Um, if we're just being brutally honest, uh, I don't care about the players we gave up, but there's a long history of knowing none of them ever really did anything after we traded them. But um, we did give up a lot of picks, and uh, that's why we'll be sitting around, I think, tomorrow night till midnight waiting for our first pick in the second round. Um, but with all that being said, um, I think that uh, some of that is just ignorance on casual fans, which we are. Uh, we don't know exactly what he does, you know, that makes things uh, better for other players. Um, so I'm still not super excited about it. I've talked to other people kind of as I hang out with some wolves, uh, folks and, you know, uh, there may be a little bit of buyer's remorse, but we are where we are. And, um, I, what I think is funny is this is I think it was yesterday. There was a picture or a video of ant kind of like coming around and kind of throwing the lob and Rudy dunking it. And I thought people were passing out with uh, ecstasy, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God. And so to me that, that's, that's funny. It, it would be nice if, the supposed number one player on our team, Ant, actually would know how to throw a lob to the player that we traded half the franchise for. So I'm excited about that. I'm trying to be positive moving forward. And let's uh, let's hit this a little bit. Then we're going to go to John for uh, for some updates on what the Wolves might be thinking as the draft approaches here. Uh, you know, Steve, it's funny the way you phrased it. Uh, I liked the trade. I still think the trade could work out, but I, I'm really not a fan of the guy. Um, I don't really trust him as a as a, a thinker, a bas- you know, a basketball thinker. A I don't know. I'm not a fan of the guy, and that does put a damper on this trade. I think it could still work out in terms of basketball. John, where do you stand on all of this right now? I mean, yeah, like uh, I I do think that it's absolutely fair to say that last season was super underwhelming um, because I, you know, I was the one at head flyer on the um, right before the season started saying 52 wins and, you know, top four seed and home court advantage and all of those things. And obviously none of that happened for a lot of reasons. And I, you know, the Carl Anthony towns injury was obviously a big one. There, a, a lot of things happened that were out of their control, but one thing that is concerning about the long-term prospects for this trade working out is that the Rudy Gobert that we saw last season was not the Rudy Gobert that we saw in Utah. 
And so there is, there does have to be concern about, is he hitting a wall at 30, 31 years old? Um, or are there, or was this a case of just a lot of events conspiring him, you know, him being a little banged up after the European championships, the, the, all of the disjointedness with the roster and him getting settled in and it taking a long time to figure out how to play around him. That, that, that's entirely possible. And so that's why I'm kind of leaving the door open for some sort of a bounce back year. But the, the thing that you need to, that I think fans want to see from Rudy Gobert is definitely more activity um, and and just like, you know, a, a more forceful, impactful Gobert. And if they don't get that, yes, then this trade that already looks lopsided turns into a disaster. If they do get it and if he is more comfortable in year two and the players around him are more comfortable playing with him and they win a bunch of games, then it's still absolutely salvageable. So I'm definitely not ready to blow this thing up and say it absolutely 100% didn't work. But one of the reasons that it didn't work was a real concern is that Rudy Gobert did not play as well as he had played previously. And how they get him back to that level is going to be the key going forward, whether this becomes a workable deal or whether this becomes just a, a, a really, really... Uh, big mistake that they made. I'll say this. Um, so when he first started playing, there was a couple things, and I'm no uh, basketball genius, but like catch the ball. That's what I like yeah. to see. Okay, right. yeah, I'm like catch the ball. Now you know you see all these um, these uh, videos of football players with that that machine, the jugs machine or whatever, yeah. and throwing like in there because there's a there's a wide receiver uh, for the Detroit Lions who are going to win the, the the division this year. By the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, and the dude catches 500 balls after every practice. That like, We need to do a jug machine with a basketball <laughs> and you have Rudy just catch the ball. Now, I'm not seven foot 12 or whatever, and it's, I don't pretend to understand all this, but it's like literally that has to be a fundamental trait of a basketball player to be able to catch the ball. I, I think there is some fire with the smoke when D'Lo basically pretty quickly in the relationship was like, this ain't for me. Now, there's all kinds of other drama. But we know that's a fact where he literally is like, hey, this this dude is not what he, you know, he, he thought we, we thought he was. He can't catch the ball. And, you know, maybe he's, you know, doing weird passes to him and stuff to try to prove a point. But but we can all agree he needs to learn to catch the ball better. And I just don't understand that. Number two is I'm watching him and I'm like, holy crap, is he old? Like right away. And this is what mm -hmm. you were just saying, John. I, I didn't know what I mean, I don't watch a lot of Utah Jazz games, but I mean, I'm watching them in the playoffs. And I mean, you know, he. When you're that tall, but it was like he wasn't dunking, he wasn't blocking, he just looked really tired. And I think now it's come back because he played all summer, you know, in the French thing or whatever for the Olympics or whatever it was. But I just remember the two thoughts like, man, he can't catch the ball, and holy mackerel, he looks old. And then the third thing is, I think there was this Wolves thought that we are smarter than Utah. This dude is going to be an offensive juggernaut if only right. he had a good coach. I'm going to tell you what. They should never, ever throw the ball to him down low with his back to the basket and expect him to do something that's competent because I there's several videos, and I was at several games where I'm like, this dude looks intoxicated trying to trying to dribble or make a layup when his back is to the basket. I He, he should not do that. He cannot do that. No amount of training at this point with his age is going to change that. So I think if we go back to the dunker spot and let him be you know, good at what he is good at, hopefully – 
he bounces back this you know summer because he's not you know over in France or whatever. And then if he just catches a thousand balls at night, I think we're in better shape. Yeah, I think uh, you know building off of that, um, there Steve is totally right in terms of when they introduced him at the press conference that announced the trade. Uh, one big point that Chris Finch made regularly was that they felt that Rudy could do more than what he showed in Utah from an offensive standpoint. And you saw it early trying to get him into dribble handoffs, trying to get him on the move a little bit more. And I do think that that was certainly uh, not successful. And I think, but I think there were two reasons for that. They did it once because they wanted to sort of empower Rudy and say, Hey, we, we want, you know, we, we really believe in you and we want, to see you do even more than you did in Utah. And we think you, you're capable of that and get him comfortable and, and have Rudy believing that everyone has confidence in him. But then also I think that the players, I, I don't think that they anticipated the process that it would take for his teammates to get used to playing with him. Rudy is a very unique player that um, takes a lot of time for, players to acclimate to him they didn't get any time in training camp with him because he was sitting out so much and I think that really was detrimental and Mike Conley talked about that a lot uh last season was that it took him a full year to kind of figure out okay how the how best to utilize him where to throw passes so he can catch them all of those things and and so the second part of that is that the mistakes that Rudy makes are loud and easy to see the fumbling of the ball, the missed shots, the awkward drives to the basket. You watch those things and it looks very ugly. Um, the, the things that he does well to help a team win games, which he did a lot of last year, are more subtle. They are not jump off the screen types of highlights and things like that. And so that's why when you hear the Timberwolves say that the Timberwolves had the number two ranked defense in the league when he was on the floor in um, in games last season. Uh, you know, even in the in 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 the playoffs, kind of the way that he helped defensively against Jokic and made the the Nuggets work. There were subtle things that he did with positioning, where he stood, the deterrence at the rim that were that were not showing up in the scorebook. And when you looked at his blocked shots and how 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 far they fell compared to his career averages. You said, man, this guy isn't doing it, but he was doing, he was doing other things, little things that were, that were harder to see. And I think that it wasn't just harder for fans to see, but I think players in general um, needed to figure out the little things a little bit more like players, like highlights players love Nas Reed because he has, this handle and he, uh, you know, explodes to the rim and he does all of these very nuanced and, and, and unbelievable things that really just jump off the screen at you. Rudy doesn't do a lot of those things. And so there's, there, there needed to be more appreciation felt over the long haul for what he does um, quietly. And that the, the problem with his game is the mistakes are loud. The advantages that he creates are quiet and, that conspires to make it, you know, much more frustrating, I think, for the overall fan to watch him play. When you trade what we traded yep. and you, you like you, you don't want to hear and see subtle. Yep. 
That, that, I mean, and yeah. again, it's not. I'm not saying it's fair or not. I'm just telling you, like, yeah. you, you, you trade what you traded, and you're kind of expecting Shaquille O'Neal to come in and just start dunking on people, and then you know, laughing at them and run down. And it's like, it, it, what people do tell me is that you know, he does a lot of little things that, again, uneducated basketball fans like myself maybe don't notice. But maybe that's why Cat, you know, when he was playing, was more open, or maybe that's why Ant had more, you know, lane, you know, more room to go down the lane and, and do layups. So it's just frustrating. Yeah, and and I'll say this, like. Um, I, I said this always, you know, this great hockey mind that I am, but you know, I heard that all the time about the wild with Miko Koivu and he was this captain of the team and he did all the little things to help the team go. And I always said, for my captain, I want them to do big things as well. And one thing that I was said several times during the season last year is I, I thought it would have benefited Rudy to just once or twice Every now and then, a player comes into the lane and throws a shot up. Rudy, swat that shit into the fifth row. And that's not what Rudy does. He wants to tap the ball and control the possession and do the right things to kind of get the the, the thing started the other way. And, and that is the smart basketball play. But um, sometimes you have to do something emphatically to just show that, hey, I'm capable of like physically dominating you when you make the money you make, when you were acquired for the price tag that it costs to acquire you, you need to make those big things happen to kind of engender that respect um, from players, from fans, from all of those things. Um, and so I, I do think that, that that's a real element of it. Um, but finally, like what I will say is like I, I do not think this team would be in, would have been in the playoffs at all. Um, last year had they not had Rudy uh, and Cat missed 52 games. I think he was a major part of helping them not fall off of a cliff. And um, and and so, yes, there were ma- major league frustrating things that happened, but also without him, had they had the same team as they did a year before and Cat missed 52 games, they would not have made the playoffs. That's kind of the impact that he does have that is again a little bit harder to see but they definitely need more from him in year 2 to kind of justify this running it back situation which they seem to be going down and it was very encouraging to see him in the market this week coming in from France and working out with Anthony Edwards and starting some of that work that does show that he understands that he was not as good as he needs to be last year. And and we'll see if that parlays into something better going into year two. Steve, tell us about TSR Injury Law. Well, we're busy. Uh, <laughs> 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 Man, it's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate the the opportunity. You know, it's one of these things where uh, I see a lot of people and they're like, hey, you're the, the lawyer dude. And I go, yeah. And they, you know, they're super excited, which is funny to me. But I always say to them and I say to everybody, Nobody wants to call us. Like, I totally get it. We're not selling sandwiches where people are hungry and they can, you know, feed their stomach. Uh, something bad has to happen. They call us, but we're going to try to make it better. That's really what it is. 612 TSR time. We'll give you a free consultation. We have plenty of lawyers and staff that will talk to you and try to figure things out. And I will just say this. I just got back from a 2,500-mile motorcycle trip, basically from here to Montana and back, Ooh. and had a blast. Almost died only twice. And I just, you know, as I'm riding the motorcycle, I'm like, why am I on this motorcycle? Because we get... So many motorcycle crashes. So I'm just pleading people keep an eye out for motorcycles. Like <laughs> when you hit them, they are in bad shape. So just please keep an eye out for motorcycles, especially now that it's nice out. John, tell us about Manscaped. 
Yeah, baby! Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their signature lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. And we can't forget about the moneymaker. Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Included is the Beard Hedger Trimmer, Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors. We all know dads love their comfort. If his grooming routine is already dialed in, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic. Uh, and just, and also want to thank all energy solar, all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy. Thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond visit all energy slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Go to all energy slash coach also, uh, to find out more about, uh, how solar can benefit you, your business, and of course our environment. All right, let's get to the draft. John just uh, attended a uh, press conference with Tim Conley. What's going on, John? Yeah, uh, they might move up. They might move down. Hmm. Um, they like who could be available at 53. Uh, sure they do. So, yeah, it, it was, you know, kind of a lot of the same things that you expect to hear. Um, they, you know, Tim Conley is not going to break news um, in, in a press conference the day before the draft. But he did say that they have had conversations with teams about moving up into the first round. Nothing cooking right now. Um, and I've got the sense, you know, privately and talking to people around the league about some of the conversations that are being had that, um, there is nothing close right now. I know that so many people are really excited about possibly trading cat to Portland for number three and all that. And I'm not saying it will definitely not happen. Um, but as of today, right now, when we're recording this on Wednesday morning, um, 36 hours before the draft or whatever it is. Uh, they they don't they haven't gotten any traction on anything big yet. Now a lot of these conversations don't get really serious until day of the draft, and even when the draft begins, where people stop like with the you know kind of uh, with the fronts that they put up about what they will and won't take. Um, so maybe some of that loosens up. Either you know I don't think with Cat, I, I think that's very unlikely, but with maybe possibly moving up into the first round, maybe you dangle Torian Prince's contract or something like that and look for that opportunity. But um, they've had a lot of conversations, nothing going just yet. And we'll just see if, if time kind of helps to loosen up some of that. Um, but as of right now, they're kind of sitting at 53 and, and expecting to pick there on, on Thursday night. Steve, the uh, fan base seems to be disgusted with Carl Anthony Towns. I look at a guy who played really well the last three games of the playoffs. I look at a guy who, if you trade him, you're immediately going to be looking for somebody just like him to replace him. But where do you where do you stand on Cat? 
I love Cat, and I, you know, I. It's so funny with Minnesotans. It's like the moment a player acts like maybe they want to leave, you hate them, and then when you have a player like Cat who has just never once act like he wants to leave, they still, mm-hmm. you know, sucker punch him. Like, you know, maybe they don't. They don't like you know how he says something or the way his voice is. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, the dude is seven foot. I mean, you know, and he's hitting threes, and he's a he's a great teammate, and he's a foundational piece. Now. So I don't want to trade him. I mean, I'm not anti-cat. I, I think it'd be great, and, and I don't want to, you know, sound stupid, but, yeah, let's run it back. And, I mean, maybe you have a happy, you know, a happy, healthy cat, and you have Gobert and all the things. You know, he learns how to catch a ball and all the things we talked about. Now we got Mike Conley. We're not messing around with the D-Lo disaster. Like, I'm kind of coming around to that. Now, with all that being said, I am a fan, so I'm like, man, scoot. Mm. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, so, I, you know, I – unfortunately love kind of the shiny new object. Um, you know, that's why I'm always buying new shoes. And so it's like what the one thing that does concern me is, is I, I listen to you guys and podcast, other podcasts and, you know, this, this new collective bargaining agreement and the second tier. And it's like, it seems like if we run it back and we pay Ant and Jaden what they need to get paid, like we are going to be in this second tier with, five players and and you can't afford anyone else. And that seems like a legitimate problem. And I don't think it's an anti-cat. It's just actually it's a pro cat because cat's going to get you more than Gobert. Like Gobert, no one's trading us anything. So if you have one player that's making $50 million and he actually can get you something back, but the math doesn't work, then I think that's where it becomes more logical. I just don't know if you're trying to get the number three pick this year, if that was an option. Um, versus let's just run it back. But now next summer, you for sure have to trade them just because the money doesn't work. And then, you know, we're not the Suns. I mean, the Suns have gone so far into this, right? And it's like you start hearing about, you start losing draft picks and you can't, you know, aggregate players and all these penalties. It's like, we don't have the appetite for that, especially if we're coming in on the ninth seed, you know? Um, So that's the part where I'm kind of maybe for it, but it's nothing to do with Cat. It's just because of the math. And I don't don't know, John, how, how realistic that is or... It's not like they don't have a calculator over at the Timberwolves Plaza. Like, they know what's coming. So I don't understand why there's no urgency. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, we talked to Tim a little bit about this today. And and the, the essentially the answer for why there is an urgency right now, are, I think, is twofold. One is there is legitimate intrigue on the part of everyone here to see them play uh, together and see, just really get an idea. Can this work? Can this not work? And I, you know, they made this big trade. They've they've received all this criticism for it, and they don't feel like they have a big enough sample size to say that it's a failure yet. So I think there is something of like, hey, you know, we made this deal last summer for Rudy, and we believe that they could work together. We want to see if the if that can really happen. But number two is um, the they can still start this next season play for a while and then you know and then if 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 the results are similar to what last year was you can still make a move at the february trade deadline um and and trade cat or rudy or whoever um and and you still have the same financial advantages in terms of matching money with contracts and things of that nature so um you could trade them before the draft next year and 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 still do the same thing cuz right now Cat is coming off of a season where he missed 52 games, where um, the the play with Rudy was disjointed when he was on the court. Yes, he did look good 
at the end of of the of the Nuggets series, but he was still coming back from a major injury. And I don't think that his value is peak right now if you want to trade cat. And so um so there, you know, there's a possibility they come they come back next year. He plays much better. He is healthy. And then you are maybe dealing from more of a position of strength, even if you're still against the eight ball from a financial standpoint. If 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 Towns shows that he can be back to the one the, the player that we saw two years ago, which I think was his best season, um, and and the Wolves will maybe even win a little bit more, and it takes a little of the pressure off, and you don't have every other team in the league looking at you saying. Oh man, you got to get rid of one of these guys. There's no way this can work. Um, then that, then, then you have a little bit more leverage to maybe when you do have to make a trade, maybe you can get more in return. And I think that does factor into it as well. That makes sense. I just want to say one thing though. Like next year's draft is not supposed to be that great. Yeah. So it's like you start messing around with February or next summer, and it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, maybe you're right. A cat has more value, but there's not a, a lot to go get. Whereas people are. You know, and I don't, I, I'm not a draft expert, but I mean, like, if th- that's why people are so excited about this number three Portland kind of thing, because they're like, man, Scoot could be a generational player. You know, yeah. I mean, just don't know. And it fits the timeline with Ant. I mean, there's just that's why people are so excited. But even if you're selling a little low on cap, but you're getting a better upside because you have better players. Um, so that's. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. In terms of like getting into this draft, you know, as part of a package to trade anyone on this roster would be better than getting in next draft. But one of the issues is like I don't get the sense that Portland is open to uh, a cat for three trade. You know, it like they could maybe maybe the Wolves deep in their heart of hearts and they were and they wouldn't share this publicly. Would say, man, we would love to get Scoot Henderson. Like we, yeah, like. It, it will trade cat for scoot and Simons and, and whatever to make that work. I'm not saying that, but what if they do think that you still need the other team to be like, yeah, we will do that. And at this point, it doesn't seem like there is that traction. Now, again, that could all be posturing that this could all be smoke screens. And maybe tomorrow night when Portland comes on the clock, there will be a different, scenario that plays out I'm not ruling any of that out at this point but as of right now I don't get the sense that the Wolves have that like if they just want to pull the trigger on it they can do it I think that you need that dance partner and right now that partner isn't there and I'm not again not saying that the Wolves want to do that but I don't know that Portland wants to do that either Uh, Let's get final thoughts from everybody. Tight show today. We'll be back more to talk about what the Wolves actually do in the draft next week. Uh, Great to have Steve on. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Uh, John, give us a final thought on the draft. Give me one one by – I can't – I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I just messed up twice. Wembenyama, yeah, I, I, Thank you. you see, you saw me. He uh, was sitting next to JJ Redick on his podcast, and JJ looked like me. Um, and JJ's six, four, like it's unbelievable. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing him, um, you know, seeing him play, but I will say like a big picture for the wolves, you know, uh, Rudy's in town, ants in town, uh, Jade McDaniels, Nas Reed, Jordan McLaughlin, like a lot of guys are in town working out. Cat was in on Sunday, then left. Um, and, and so I I've seen more players in town early in the summer 
in Minnesota than I have in a while. Seeing Rudy here, I think, was really important just to get here, show his face, get some workouts in with Ant. So that that that's all positive. What happens on Thursday night at 53 or with the trades, who knows? Um, it, it, it'll be a little bit interesting. But I think if you're a Wolves fan looking for optimism, seeing all these guys in the gym this early in the summer in Minnesota is, is a good thing to build on. Steve? My final thought is about sex. Yes. Uh, good. Yeah. Um, first of all, it is not a shot at, at our current GM, but I mean, God, if Rosas was just a little less horny, like he'd still <laughs> probably be here. And how excited would you be? Because you know he'd make a trade. You see what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. with Kylie, I mean, I know he did the, the Gobert thing, but like with, with, with Rosas, I mean, I'd be sitting here like, oh, something's going down tomorrow. Like, I don't know what it is, but he's going to be trading some shit, and I'd be super excited. But, you know, he, he couldn't control himself. And then the second thing about sex is we should be appreciative that we don't have Zion on our team. Okay? Oof. And can you imagine right now every NBA player, how they are contacting all their girlfriends and going, oh, my God, non-disclosure agreements, here we go. I mean, like, they must be freaking out seeing what is happening over there. And it just is like, just think about we like I, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. But like we don't hear about this stuff with our players. You know what I mean? Like they seem like normal humans, and and it's not all this drama. And it's it's two layers with with Zion. It's you know he's always hurt, and then now you hear like he's not really you know trying to get in shape. And so it's like what's going on there? And there's bad habits. And then weird, he's got all this baby mama drama and all this other stuff. And it's like well, I wonder you know is he's not focusing? And I just want to just my final thought is is. I'm just happy that our players are not distracting us with all this crazy stuff. And we can just, you know, we, we have the feeling they, that they love us as Minnesotans and they want to be here and that they actually like basketball. And they're good people. And let's run it back and rock and roll. That's my final thought. Steve Terry, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Terry. Thanks to everyone for listening. This has been Sex Talk with Steve Terry. Uh, with, I think he, he has a bright future in the podcasting industry.